So welcome to the first episode of London Calling. It's me, John from Flower Circus, calling to London to my good friend. And let her introduce herself because she's way better with words than I am. <laughs> yeah, but you're way better with top hats than me. Um, hello, hello, everybody. It's Caroline Marshall Foster, editor of Florist Trade Magazine. And it is London Calling. I don't know whether I should be bursting into song, London Calling, or, or sort of trying to pretend that I'm announcing the Eurovision um, points. No point, but not for England this time. So exciting. Um, or United Kingdom, I should say. Hello. How you doing? I'm fine, and let's not go into the Eurovision Song Contest because I don't think you did well over the last couple of years. Hey, come on, we came second last time. That's why we're hosting it. Well, we're hosting it because sadly Ukraine can't. But as the second place winners, we are hosting it. Uh, you can um, see, I'm, I'm really into it. I didn't even know you came second. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sam, who was wow. who was a spaceman. It was actually quite a cool song. I mean, I have to say, I am a bit of a Eurovision. Um, aficionado. I wanted to go, but the price of hotels now has just gone whoa, way up, faster than flower prices. I mean, you think flower prices are bad? Well, you've got to see the price of hotels um, <laughs> near Liverpool. They are horrendous. Oh yeah, talking about flower prices, I heard today that uh, one of the chrysanthemum growers got almost one euro fifty a stem on the auction. Yeah, it, it. I mean, croissants are pretty darn scary. But is that as much to do with the fact that it's Russian's Mother's Day coming up and a lot of product for some reason is still going there? I know we're not supposed to get political, but... No, it's not political. Uh, flowers are going to the east. Where they end up, nobody knows, but they are going towards the east. And there's just a lack of flowers, a lack of chrysanthemums. It's, it's a combination of well, it is that whole supply and demand. I was I was looking at the Office of National Statistics, um, which is our UK um, sort of analysis of where our, our prices are, and it's saying that flower prices have gone up six point oh nine percent. And I sort of thought, hmm, that doesn't quite make sense given the way, for example, chrysanthemum prices are going up. So I've I've actually written to them and, and, I, and I've sort of played ditz blonde non-economic expert. Could you please explain the government's ration, rationale or, or how they get to these figures? Because we know that florists and everybody are just paying far more than 6.9% more these days. On the other hand, we're still behind. I mean, I don't know the inflation figures in the UK, but if flower prices are up 6% and I think Everett's inflation figure is 12%, we should ask more for our flowers because we're still behind again. <laughs> yes, I, th I think it depends on the flower. I And and this is why I was so excited when I went to the shows. Um, you just realise how many beautiful flowers there are out there. And looking at the prices... It is possible to get cheaper flowers, but it, it is going to be a case of literally thinking outside the box. I was talking to one of the um, supermarket buyers and they, I have to be very careful because I can't identify either by sex or company name or anything, but they were really worried because Gerbera are likely to go into short supply. And of course, Gerbera for a supermarket is a sort of absolutely classic. You know, you have yeah. your three Gerbera, your four croissants, four little squishy roses, and, and they're, they're sort of in this parameter. Oh, in box. Yeah, they're literally in the box. Whereas florists, independent florists, and I wonder if this is a huge opportunity, and I, I've actually talked about it in my blog, a huge opportunity because independent florists can duck and dive in a way very few can. You know, you could change your product range, not just every week. You could change it two or three times a week and just grab what's available and what's looking gorgeous that day. And, you know, be blunt, what's good prices. So I, I wonder if there is some scope there. It's it's really fun that all the supermarkets work with certain specs. So it needs to have that type of gerbra, that color or even the name of the variety. And it always helped them to make the bouquets and a certain amount of uh, bunches in a bucket in a box. But now it's uh, it's turning against them, the specs, because it has to be that certain pink variety of gerbera. Probably maybe even the variety isn't even there, or at least not enough. Hmm. So And it needs to be a certain amount in a box, and it can't be in, in different heights. Uh, they can't change the bouquet uh, from one week to another because they have a problem and they have a spec. So it, it should look the same because probably their advertisement is already three months ahead, so they can't change the bouquet anymore. Uh, and I think that will give the, the florists, the independent florists, a, a great opportunity. Yep. No, no, I, I, I was. And also the ability to do things that 
are just that little bit barking mad. I'm doing a presentation on Thursday and I've actually asked the, the design team to bring me a Grinch tree and a gonk and a Christmas pudding <laughs> because <laughs> I can't help feeling that, you know, I mean, it's not just the United Kingdom that's struggling at the moment. I, I think there is a, a malaise all over the, well, all over the world. Yeah. Um, and I And I do... I am a bit of a weirdo when it comes to designs, and I and I want Grinch trees, which are, are sort of conifers just bent over. Have you seen yeah. one? Yeah, you know yeah. What I'm Withering on about, um, and a Christmas pudding. Now, okay, maybe it can't be made from chrysanthemums, based because they're too expensive. But I mean, I'm sure that one could make them with other things. Um, and gonk trees. I mean, gonks are just so cute, and people want a giggle. And if we're going to, I was talking to. Um, one of the the chaps from am i allowed to mention company names uh if they sponsor next show then you're allowed to... <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that they do okay i'm going to be completely name free on this one um the i was speaking to somebody from a very large player and uh oh i've lost completely my train of thoughts no and they, apparently they were saying that you know even they are heading for turbulent times and I thought, yeah, but you can't make Grinch trees. You can't make the customer giggle like the independent Florence cat. So, yeah. and, and we'd, that's it. We were talking about the lipstick effect, which is a very classic and well-known um, concept of, you know, when things are tight, people will, will go for little pleasures. And it is so easy to make a little pleasure with flowers or plants, even if it's a sort of mini succulent or a, a mini poinsettia, although obviously now with the white fly problem. That's another issue. Yeah. Explain us about the white fly. Maybe some white fly issue. More. I mean, we were supposed to talk about the exhibitions in Holland, but let's go from one. Oh, no, no, no. I did actually. I talked to a lovely grower at the exhibition. We were to, and, and he had found one. Most... Oh, no, 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 I did. You I found, found a lovely grower. <laughs> oh, I found so many lovely growers. And it, it just reminded me. I mean, if you think we met growers, so whether it was so at the Alzheimer show, it was pretty much all Dutch and at IFTF, it was literally from around the world. And to a man and woman, I just thought, wow, you know, you guys make it all happen. The growers, you know, literally, they make it happen. And then I was sort of talking to, you know, and I, I'm lucky enough to have visited many of them. And I was, I was talking and thinking, you know, it just reminded me how powerful flowers are, because they don't just make the end recipient happy. They make the person who's growing it happy. They make, you know, they give them, they give these people, the, the workers, a livelihood, a respect, um, housing, medical equipment, medical supplies, education, all that sort of thing. So the flower literally makes people smile from the point at which it's grown to the point at which it's delivered. And that, you know, and I, and I loved meeting the growers. And I actually didn't meet, mainly probably because they weren't exhibiting. I didn't meet any miserable ones. They were scared. They were concerned. And yeah. who wouldn't be? I mean, hell's bells. They're all facing tricky times themselves. But they were just all so awesomely positive, never mind the fact that they had the most amazing flowers. I mean, I saw flowers that just made me, well, there were some that just made me burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. That's really London. Oh, it's Thunderbirds. <laughs> Thunderbirds again. Sorry. actually Morgan um so should we try that one again um but I saw the most barking mad flowers did you see those veggie those yeah. veggie roses I just wanted to mention the roses I mean I'm showing everybody that I've seen after the, the exhibition do you know what this is do you know what this is it's uh, roses and I said no way no way I even I never take flowers with me from the exhibition well I was helping taking down one of the the booths over there and I thought and I woke uh, away and I thought if those roses are still there I'm gonna get them but the whole stand was still there except for those roses it's I I think they were very marmite I don't know that that is a terribly English thing um and the same with those ranunculus I saw the green and yellow with flecks of orange I mean I have yeah. to say I didn't really like them I I saw I did it as a love it or hate it what do you think post um and it was a very mixed reaction um and but that does make me wonder, sort of leads on, and it's it's not necessarily to do with the shows, although it is. 
should we sell what we like or should we sell what the consumer likes? And there were a lot of products there that I know florists would absolutely have freaked over, like the, the dyed and the waxed and, and the rainbow jip and stuff. Um, some of which does leave me completely cold as well. Um, mm. But I have to say, I'm a bit of a sucker for unicorn gypsophila. I just think it is quite fun. If it's um, not the and consumers one. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it was subtle. It was subtle. And, and it was um, the girl who was an Ecuadorian girl. And, she, and they had a florist on the, on the booth. And she was making all these designs with just gypsophila. And they looked absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And, I, and I think that, I mean, I was talking about this with a bunch of florists, sorry, pardon the pun, um, talking about this with some florists, and, and they were sort of, no, 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 I only sell what I want. And I was thinking, well, maybe you'd make more money if you sell what the consumer likes. Yeah. And just, you know, I was, a bit of a yes, quite surprised with, with all those painted or tinted flowers that also uh, breeders had them in their boots as well. Mm -hmm. Which I thought, I mean, as a breeder, you make a new variety, but why should you uh, show that uh, there are painted varieties as well? Maybe because they paint well or tin, they tint quite well. But I was surprised and I thought, why should you do it as a breeder? I think maybe it is because it's to show that my my varieties will take the colour well. Because let's face it, it, there's no point trying to. I mean, if you if you're if you're going to tint or, or dip or whatever, it's got to be a rose that can actually handle it without withering or burning yeah. or whatever so i suppose a breeder does and it's it's also acknowledging that there is another market out there that has to be serviced i mean it it, it begs the question about the whole you know sustainability etc cetera, etc cetera. um and i i know that it is a very divided um argument whereas i i have to like you walk very much a tightrope of you know Yes, of course, if you can, you must. But equally, it's better to do something little and regular than not do anything at all. So, you know, you've got to, it, it's finding balances. And, and also, you know, it's about changing a way of working that has gone on for years and, and cannot be completely changed overnight. Although I was interested to, to, to I went to the uh, conference for the Sea Freight. Yeah. And that was the day before the the exhibition started, right? Yeah, that was that was uh, pro, that was hosted by Kreisel, who've done a lot of work on it, and and Kuhn and Nagel and Mesk, um, and you know what had started because I mean I remember hearing about sea container shipping of flowers, blimey, fifteen plus years ago. Yeah, it's only twenty five years ago that they already started. Yeah. At least that I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hadn't heard about it that early, but, you know, and, and Carlos from Colombia admitted, you know, at that point he did it because of, of a cost implication. Yeah. Now, with it being anything between 72 and 90 percent better than than current air freight. And one has to say current air freight because obviously the airlines are looking to improve their um carbon footprint as well um now which is a it is a sustainable and far better option for certain products because it, it obviously won't work for everything um so you know but but it was quite interesting to hear and and see but there seemed to be again that's going to bring in some issues that you know how will the consumer react to knowing that their flowers have been on a ship for you know 30 days um, there's a funny story. I, I did some sales to, or was buying for a supermarket and, and a, a UK supermarket. And at a certain point, they were uh, concerned about their carbon footprint as well. So they thought, what if we print a small airplane uh, on the sleeve or at least on, on, on where you see the price? So people know that they are flown in, but it didn't say that they were flown in. Sales went up of those bouquets. Wow. Because people thought they are fresh because they are freshly brought in. <laughs> yeah. So um, it works. I mean, if we check out our fruit, and luckily there's no date on fruit and vegetables, but if you check it carefully, you can see it's from Kenya. It's from all over the world. And it's not all by air freight. Far from that. I mean, uh, I think we will be very, very surprised if we know when it was harvested and we think we eat fresh, uh, fresh fruit. 
I think most of the people know it about bananas that are on a ship. But for all the other things, I don't think people realize it. And and should they realize it? It's a difficult one. I mean, does it matter? The absolute is the same. Yeah, I mean, the absolute best thing is to buy something that is from around the corner. But the reality is that a lot of people can't. You know, they, they, yeah. they aren't anywhere near a local grower or. Yeah, and what's local? It's. I mean, I mean, what's local? I mean, uh, I love the English people to bits, but sometimes they say, yeah, but it's locally grown. And then it's from the absolute south of England. And they say, yeah, the roses or the flowers grown in Aalsmeer in Holland, that's not locally grown. But if we just look at it, it's closer by to London than south of England. So what is local grown? Do we still, still look at borders and say, okay, this is not from our own country, so it's not locally grown? I mean, maybe that is the, maybe that is the definition. I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's it's slightly it's slightly dangerous, um, and it's it's also it's also a little bit elitist. That... No, I mean, let's take the biggest country in the world, Russia. So, in, if if somebody grows in Siberia and ships it six or four thousand kilometers to uh, to Moscow. Is it also local grown because it's in the same country? Yeah, true, true. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a, a locational thing. Maybe it's you know, if it's within a hundred miles, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting point. I don't know how you would you would. I've I've just actually asked um, one of the uh, leading exponents of no fame, no imports type things to 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 lunch in in January because I really want to try and understand how we can work together on finding a, a instead of it being like this finding a way that makes it like that because it's for podcasts, Caroline. so you have to explain what you're doing now <laughs> oh it's a podcast so you're not looking at my voice why am i why did i put my makeup on no it's going to be a video as well i mean we've got okay. a multi-platform <laughs> thing going on here but, but now you're okay. talking like an italian with your hands and so okay. people so, have no idea who are listening <laughs> At the moment, we have so there is the sort of quote, no foam, no imports movement, who advocate that you know you must not use anything that is foam based or have imported flags. And, and, and in reality, that, that's really true. I never mind bringing the, the sort of whole question mark over whose right is it to say this is not good and it's bad and it's giving work to people, blah blah blah. But, but there is a very much a them and us. So what I've done is I'm, I'm actually trying to organise a lunch for January to get representatives of both sides in the same room to just explain to each other. Because I'm not sure there's a huge amount of dialogue. And I think that's a great shame. So, you know, I, I will, that we can make that a, a, a London calling. How did I get on? Did I manage to get them to be in the same room without killing each other? But aren't, aren't we overestimating our industry a little bit? I think, uh, of course, every little bit helps in, in to make the world more sustainable. But Yes, there are restaurants that say, okay, this meat is locally or this potatoes are local. But if everything is out of season... What's happening then? They close their restaurant because they can't make a menu? <coughs> Sorry, I, I get think... emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, well, I mean, to be honest, that is, that is one of my observations, that if you are, um, you know, somebody was having a go at one of the big retailers saying that they had a seasonal bouquet, and had roses, gerber, chrysanthemums, etc. And so what do they want? That that we should stop selling flowers for six months? I mean, Probably. we oh, can't do second. that. We can't do that. <coughs> yeah, back again. All right. But I mean, we, 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 can't, we can't just, you know, for people who are running businesses or, or trying to make money to pay their own mortgages, their staff salaries, etc. It has to be a year round proposition. You can't you can't just suddenly stop work and put everybody out to pasture for six months. That That is not and people don't stop dying. You know, people are still dying and getting married all year round and, and they want flowers. So. You know, I can I can see that there are things that we can and must do. I absolutely, as a magazine, we we always, we never ever, you know, we we won't 
this foam and imports, but we will always say if you can stop, if you cannot use foam, then you must. If you can buy local flowers, you must. Absolutely. That goes without saying. Um, but one also has to be a bit pragmatic about it and think yeah. about all the positives. We're going to talk about the shows. Yeah, but what I want to finish this now as well. What happens at the supermarket at the fresh department if it's going to be only local? Well, it, it would, it would, it would die. There isn't a. I mean, the the UK production, and I mean, I can only talk from from the UK. But UK production is running at best, I'm told, at eighteen percent of all flowers sold in the UK. So effectively, you are saying ninety two percent of the market would be gone, and the ramifications of that is basically the closure of pretty much all florist shops. Yeah. So the loss of at least 20,000 jobs, at least, if not more, the closure of all the wholesalers. Given that the UK is Holland's second biggest market, you would see a decimation of Dutch growers. Um, not so much of an impact on South America because we we don't import that much from South America compared to, say, the States. Um, but if Kenya would be completely shot to pieces, the UK is Kenya's biggest market. So are you going to put entire Kenyan families out of work? Well, I, I don't think people realise also, I mean, the flowers, certainly they don't realise if you tell people that not all flowers come from Holland or not, not all roses come from Holland, then they are already surprised. <clears throat> but also, if, if I just ask around with friends, family, and maybe that says a lot about my friends and my family, but do you know where your potatoes come from? Just check. I mean, if you buy them in the supermarket in Holland, I think it's a 95% chance that they're not from Holland. Hmm. Also, with your vegetables. I mean, okay, we've got uh, the tomatoes here, uh, not even now, uh, year-round, but uh, because of all that was happening. Uh, some growers are still growing, but... We all import so much and we so get used to that we have strawberries year-round, that we have bananas year-round, uh, pineapples, you name it. We can get it year-round. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think the consumer realizes where it all comes from and how it's shipped. And, yeah, flowers is just a small part of it. I think, I mean, it, it was interesting. I A lot is made of, of the planet, but I think people have to remember that it's people, planet, profit. And whilst our planet is incredibly important, you know, I mean, there's no way I want my planet to shrivel and die. Of course I don't, you know, it, it's, it's to, you know, just because I'm not jumping up and down and, and blocking a road and stuff doesn't mean that I don't care. But I think you have to look, and Hannah wrote this really good article, and, and it is very much a holistic, see-from-all-angles situation, that, that it isn't just one part of it. And, you know, if we, if, if we were to just have local product, I mean, I mean, the same would apply to fruit and vegetables. Um, there isn't enough, and it would all cost an awful lot of money. And what would happen to people in England or in the UK who are on limited budgets? They yeah. couldn't afford. It would be like going back to the old, you know, the old days when poor people couldn't have even the remotest chance of, of fruit and vegetables. You know, that whole... The poor people, if you look at it, they're not polluting as much as the rich people. Yeah, and I can I can say that because I have only been on holiday once this year. So. <laughs> I only know the words. <laughs> it's, it's, no, I I am a staycationer, and me and the English Channel are best buddies when it comes to swimming. Bally cold, but hey ho. Um, no, I mean it is it is it's. Uh, it's it's a big old subject and has absolutely nothing to do with the trade shows in Holland. Other than, I think there was a huge show of just how much effort the flower industry does take and is taking to create the best possible methods of growing, of looking after their people, of, of finding better ways to transport or, or package i mean i i was talking with um 
the packaging companies. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like cellophane. It feels like, so. well, actually, it's a bit crunchier, but it feels like cellophane. It looks like printed paper, but it's actually water-based ink. So it's completely and utterly biodegradable. And I think people look at packaging and think, oh, my gosh, look at all that dreadful packaging. Well, chances are it's actually very environmentally friendly and can be recycled through your normal, you know, through your normal box outside the house it doesn't have to go somewhere special you know there were flowers in test tubes were the norm there was very little foam being used yeah. and if, it, if there was a medium that the flowers sat in it was one of the new forms of the bio foam, yeah for, for want of a better word um so i think that was very clear at the shows that, that, that mm. you know that there are and have been for many years. I think it just we haven't talked about it in the same way because it was just something we did. The big problem, I think, with all the packaging, with all the foam and all those things we use is the, the regulations throughout uh, Europe, mm -hmm. uh, let's say throughout the world. So what uh, seems to be biological or biodegradable in Germany isn't biodegradable uh, by the law. It, it isn't biodegradable in Holland or in Belgium or in the UK. So that's why a lot of big companies... They say we can't shout that it's biodegradable because uh, by German law it isn't or by the UK law it isn't. So that's why they can't put out big campaigns and say, okay, this is it. We found it. And this is by all the, the whole European Union. This is biodegradable because there are so many different standards. Uh, for them, it's really difficult to say, okay, this is biodegradable. And keeping in mind that, uh, let's say, growers from Holland or growers that bring their flowers to the auction, they don't know where their flowers go. So they can't. They also can't advertise that it's a biodegradable one. Or they can do it and say, this is biodegradable by the German standards. It's, it's now, because I was talking to Claire since there, I am mentioning a name because it was one that, that and, and they are operating, they, they show two marks. One is FSC and the other is something else. But basically, they have the European or the French mark and then they have the fsc which is another mark but it also means that these companies are having to subscribe or be members of yep. a number of bodies all of whom are charging them to be part of or to accredit them so i mean it's not a cheap it's not a cheap gig no, not at all. and the problem is all the certificates the fsc i i know it's 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 more industries but aren't are we checking our packaging when we buy something and see if it's FSC or whatever? I think more people do than did. I don't think possibly enough at this point. But I think that there is certainly an increasing awareness. And it's going to take time. I, I, I don't, you know, it took us years, as I said earlier, it took us years to get into this pickle. It's going to take a while to get out of it. But I think I, I do wish sometimes that the flower industry wasn't described as a sort of cesspit of awfulness, because I don't think it is. There are there are bad. Absolutely. There is bad. But I think there's a lot of good as well. And I and I sort of am take making it my mission to say, look, come on. Yeah, we're not perfect, but let's celebrate the good as well as the bad. Yeah, celebrate every small step you do towards yeah. more sustainable, I think. And that's what we forget, or most of the time the growers forget. They forget to tell that they made the next step again, even if it's a small step. It is a step towards the right direction. I mean, let's face it, all the the cars, the Teslas of this world, in 20 years we will say they were not sustainable at all. But we're getting there. We're getting towards electric cars and, and that they can drive a thousand or more uh, kilometers. But for now, I mean, making those cars and they can they have to charge all day to drive 200 kilometers, some of them. I mean, that's that's also crazy. And but they're also jolly expensive to buy. I mean, I, I, I used to drive a diesel because I was told that diesel was going to be the salvation, blah, 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 blah. Now I've had to go back to a petrol. My car is actually 13 years old, so it's not like I have a sort of super speedy or modern car. Um, but I, I couldn't afford to buy an electric car to have it do what I need it to do. You know, the sort of electric car I could afford wouldn't get me anywhere. So yeah. It's, you know, and I'm certainly not in Tesla land. And 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 I will not mention where it was and, and whatsoever, but I've been to an exhibition and then 
the trend over there was sustainable and all cardboard stands and things like that. And uh, when the exhibition was over, all the cardboard was on one big pile, just used once, and that was it. And then I think maybe if you have a wooden stand and you use it for 10 years, isn't that more sustainable? Even a plastic stand using it for 10 years, isn't it more sustainable than that big, big, I mean, it was a truckload of cardboard. Isn't well, it? paper paper is actually incredibly difficult to to produce. It's expensive. It's, it's yeah. you know, it, and there is an argument to say, you know, are we better? I think you're right. I, I do. the trouble is that one is almost afraid to question some of the things that are happening because you sort of think, oh my gosh, am I going to be trolled now? Is somebody going to write a really nasty yeah. comment? And you think, hey, I'm just expressing a viewpoint and. I mean, as a florist, reusing the tubes from the cymbidium or the anterium in, in a piece, so it's plastic. But you're reusing it again. Instead yeah. of throwing it away, you're reusing it. In yeah. my mind, you're sustainable because you give it a second life and maybe a third and a fourth life as well. Well, what, it, what is it? Reuse, recycle, re... Upcycle. Yeah. So, I mean, reusing and stuff is hugely important. I mean, it's like fashion. It, it's, you know... I used to feel bad that I was seen in the same outfit all the time. I mean, you don't have a problem. You're, you're in the same outfit all the time. But I, I used to sort of think, oh, my gosh, this, this, this jacket's been seen so many times. And now I sort of think, hey, what the heck? I'm the, this is cool. On. Yeah. yeah. It's cut down my clothes bill hugely. Yeah. It's great. So my, my vintage is all coming back into fashion. Yeah. So let's, I mean, we obviously already talked a bit about the exhibitions, but but let's go to the IFTF. What was one of the, the, the boots or stands that, that really stood out for you? Oh, my gosh. Well, I was delighted to see Matilda. Matilda yeah. is my, <laughs> I first saw Matilda, um, or Pet nice. Petorus, uh, hopefully you'll put a picture up with a proper Latin name. I only know her as, as Matilda. So I'm sitting Talking in... Talking about the flower, people. It's yes, not sorry. Matilda from Roadal. Matilda is... Magic. <laughs> Matilda is this most beautiful flower. It's not a flower and it's not a filler. It's a sort of filler. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a bit of both. And um, so I was sitting, I was sitting in a in a flower farm in um Colombia in, in Savannah de Bogota. And it was actually a foliage farm. And they brought this flower out and everybody, it was the press corps, and everybody went, oh my gosh, that is so fabulous. That is just absolutely amazing. And so it's this sort of long, fluffy, pink, multi-headed. You want to stroke it. You just absolutely want to stroke it. And um, and I met the breeder who is a delightful gentleman and it's bred in, in Germany. go as fast as perhaps she was supposed to. Anyway, so I go, I walk into IFTF and there is Matilda. Now she's not looking close as we need the right peak and blight. And I said, we're on 10%. Because he, he manages to crop this. make it to market properly would be just awesome um as i say the veggie roses bit yeah. bizarre but but i mean what really took i mean spray roses oh my giddy arms i mean they are obviously the thing this year it, you know spray roses from from the um teeny tiny gypsy that mayon have, yeah. have produced which was just it was like a 
a sort of wax flower on speed. It's just, it's just so pretty and fluffy and each stem. And I, you know, I mean, hopefully my pictures will have come out and you, you can see this, but each stem is, you know, oodles of head. And, you yeah. know, two or three of those in a hand type would add so much wallop factor. Um, and then the, the bubbles, the bubble yeah. varieties, those great big, you know, each head was sort of like that big. And yet there were about eight or nine of them on each stem. And then the um, the rest, of it, I, I, I was in spray rose heaven. I thought it was fabulous. Don't you think it, it, it's going the same way as with chrysanthemums? Why, um, I mean, 10, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you had the blooms and they were the big fillers in the bouquet. And then came, uh, obviously, because of Eastern Europe, more sprays. And the heavier they were, the more they got paid for, for spray. So now you really see the spray chrysanthemums in terms of volume are way bigger than your average bloom. So now you see uh, people think it's more, uh, um, how do you say it, uh, value for money. Uh -huh. Do you think it's, it, it can go the same way with roses as well, that you get way more uh, value for your money if you have a spray rose uh, in a bouquet instead of a, a single rose? I think so. I think it has, um, from a, I, I remember when spray roses were first introduced, oh my gosh, 40 odd years ago in Guernsey, there was a Dutch grower, Jacques Angenal, who um, created spray roses in Guernsey and he said you know he, he said this is the way of the future and everybody just absolutely poo-pooed him um now I, I think he was ahead of his time I think they are potentially a luxury well not a luxury but I think my worry is that the the, the, the retailers the supermarkets will pick up on it and see what and how it can transform a, a bouquet but I honestly think that from a from a consumer perspective to see roses like that in your bouquet will just give such a wow factor and that if you are dexterous with your design work and and choose your materials carefully you can get perceived value for money and actual value for money yeah. that you know you you can stretch your budgets hugely so i i mean not only are they gorgeous but i think they are you know commercially very exciting and I but you know chrysanthemums the just Chris stand had literally simple bouquets that were nothing but chrysanthemums and a mixture of blooms and santinis and um disbuds and you know it was just a whole collection and yes it, you know you wouldn't unless you I don't think you would unless you're an expert think oh that's just a whole load of chrysanthemums and anyway <clears throat> millennials love them millennials they were saying they did some research um, and the millennials. So the, both the millennials, what's the one after millennials? Generation Z, is it? No, I think that's the one below, isn't it? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a baby boomer, apparently. I think. I don't know what you are. Because um, you're younger than I am. I'm still young as well. What are you, John? Boy, um, the identity crisis, if you can see. <laughs> I'm yes, but at least you don't have to worry about what's put on each day. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, well, I got several. I just need to figure out which one I wore yesterday. Don't wear the smelly one, then I'm okay. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but no, so millennials in the next one up, which I will look up. Dear viewer, I am not that stupid, but it is quite late in the day and I'm still recovering from a full week in Holland. Um, they absolutely love chrysanthemums and they have come completely back into fashion and it's sort of basically skipped a generation. So the grannies of this world and then there's the bees. I mean, I do actually like chrysanthemums, but, you know, in theory, logically, yeah. it skips me and then it goes down to my children, my, my sort of 20 plus my 20 year old children and they love chrysanthemums so it, it's skipping a generation and the same with cymbidium orchids i mean my yeah. girls love cymbidium i think they're just really i guess like the phalaenopsis growers be worried that it will skip a generation as well so they had oh phalaenopsis they're so boring sorry <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a shame because they are beautiful they are absolutely beautiful and as a cut flower you for... saved it well <laughs> What? You saved it well. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's also, sorry. No, but as a plant, no, I'm sorry. I think they are boring. I think it, it's it's just, um, and I'm really sorry for the growers because I understand that of all the plant growers, the Phalaenopsis yeah. ones are the most hard hit. 
But I think the trouble is you can't. It's a bit like so here in England, um, Jules, which is a a, a fashion company, um, fashion and homewares and, and lifestyle company, has just announced that it's going into administration. And this comes hot on the heels of Made.com, who, yeah. who, who went down the Swanee or went into administration last week. They don't move with the times or they just replicate over and over and over again. And the, the problem is that, you know, how many Phalaenopsis plants do you want in your life? And yeah. if I look at my house, you know, I, I've got anthur, I've got anthurium, you know, spathophyllum. No, I've got spathophyllums here. I've got anthurium downstairs. I've got um, uh, Cal and Chloe. I've got ferns. I've got ficus. I know, a bit boring, but it's quite a pretty one. So basically, I have lots and lots and lots of plants. Yeah. But they are all different, and I, I don't want the same as everybody else. Yeah, but I mean, in all the elderly homes, sometimes you see up to 10, 20 in one window. Some of, them yeah, some of them are flowering, some of them are, aren't. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a pity that they got hit really, really hard. And and and, but I think um, it also show it's not only about that. It's it was coming anyway, only this this hit them so hard, but they need to develop something or come up with something that it looks a little bit different than it does now. I mean, I've been to the Keukenhof for many, many years, and there you got the orchid, uh, House of Orchids, I can almost call it the, the orchid show. But it's the same all the time, so there needs to be some inspiration as well. Why do we always put those sticks in? Maybe hanging is nice as well. I think, well, I think the problem is maybe people Yeah. Up, right? B, the consumer might think that they were dead. I, you know, it's a bit like tulips, you know, by, by nature they flop, but to an average consumer, it's a dead and dying flower. Um, it's the natural way. I mean, well, it is, yes, but it, it's, it's not always understood. It's a bit like when you, when you deliver flowers and your lilies are tight because you want them to be, to last a long time, the consumer can think, it's not ever going to open it. They don't understand in yeah. but. I mean, some of the big companies like Bloom and Wiles and, and Freddy's, they make a big thing of this, of explaining your flowers are, will arrive in a sleepy mode, but they're going to wake up. And I think that's very clever. Um, yeah. It's not all bad what they do. <laughs> no, they do. I mean, although they are struggling, apparently. Of course. I but mean, they, I mean those two years, 2020, 2021, were exceptional years in, in everything. Mm. And you can't expect uh, to have the same sales in flowers or delivery or whatsoever. Uh, I mean, print them out, hang them on the wall, and, and that's your goal for uh, in 10 years to reach the same sales level again. Yeah. Um, because the world is open again and people can go uh, to a bar, to a restaurant and whatever again. So, to, so they can spend their money over there as well. No, I mean, I... I... I tell the readers of the magazine, you know, I was asked, you know, what were my predictions for Christmas this year? And I've said at best 2018, 2019, um, because it, to, to predict anything else would be, well, it, it, it would be just wrong. It just is not going to happen. I mean, it, it wouldn't have happened anyway, and it certainly isn't going to happen now with the economic climate as it is. And how uh, strange as it might sound, uh, if the, cri the crisis should be big enough, then uh, we will uh, benefit from it as an industry. Uh, don't let the good crisis go to waste, as we uh, might uh, say. <laughs> Why? Because people will want the feel-good factor. People want to have the feel-good factor. They skip one holiday, which saves them a couple of thousand pounds, dollars, uh, euros. Uh, they stay home more. So they want to have the good feeling. Good, yeah, it, it sounds crazy, but a good crisis is good for flowers. Maybe not in the beginning because everybody wants to keep on to go on holiday for a couple of times a year. But once that's not possible and they see it's not possible, they will be home more and they will make it cozy over there and buy flowers and, and spend the money in that way. And if everything goes up with 12 to 15 percent and flowers only six percent, 
like the UK government is saying. I mean, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure that the UK government has completely sussed the flower prices. Um, we will wait to hear back. Strangely, I have not yet had a response to my email sent first thing this morning. Could you please explain how you've got to this figure? But, you know, I'm on the case. Um, no, I do think, you know, as life's little luxuries or lipstick impacts or whatever we want to call it, there is scope for flowers. At the moment, it is for a lot of flowers pretty dense. Um, but again, it's always you know, in Yeah, I mean, but, but I put a post up on Facebook today, you know, how's it hanging? Um, and I've got some that arrived, then it's a dodo, I've got others who are flying and getting Christmas orders. So you can't, you know, as, as I always say, and I nicked it from a good friend of mine, not everybody is skint. Not everybody is hard up, and everybody, so one person says, what? <clears throat> it's really? Is that all? You know, so it, it's, you can't generalise. Thing that, that supermarkets, some supermarkets in, in the US are diving in, in, in a gap that the florist leave open, which is really strange, they go for the high-end bouquets. So the supermarkets go for the high-end $100, $150 bouquets. Florists are afraid to sell those bouquets. So that's there. You've got to have a BBB. Got to have a BBB. A BBB bloody big bouquet. <laughs> but you've got to have at least one or two of those on your website. Even if, you know, you don't obviously make it up and, and then sort of hope you sell it. You, you, you faux make it. And yeah. hold it over your shoulder so you all look, it all looks even bigger because you can't see your head, or and use a very short person to, to, to carry it because that makes it look even bigger. Um, but if you hang it, it it sort of shows a that you can. Yeah. B somebody might want to actually buy it, and often do because since we've been really pushing the BBBs and more people are trying it, they're going, "Oh my god, I'm so good, I'm so good." Um, and C. It makes the rest of your range look really reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of... It's, it's a win-win-win. So yeah, triple B is win-win-win as well. <laughs> it's a wobbly-wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really important. If, if you don't offer it, people won't buy it. No, um, absolutely. You've got to share it. You've got to share it. So I, I think... But I can understand. I mean, certainly for an independent florist, I can understand. You know, I, I've had shops. It's jolly hard work. and. You know, I was talking to one of the growers at IFTF and he said, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll get in touch, but I'm going to warn you, you know, it may not be instantly. And I said, don't worry about it. You know, I can't remember the last time I finished my to do list. And I don't know what it is, but since COVID, during COVID and since COVID, everything, I mean, everybody just seems so impressed. And I don't know if it's because we don't have staff or or what, but we just seem so busy, busy, busy. And so... A bit like like with, after a slow period. So you, you've got your flower shop, you're having a, a slow period. And then all of a sudden, uh, Valentine's Day comes up. You're just a little bit rusted. You don't know how to make 10 bouquets in an hour anymore because you got rusted. And, and I've got a feeling that people, after COVID, they still have to, I don't know, yeah, but it's not shape again. Nice. Maybe I just, but I can I can understand why why small businesses and actually to be honest, I see big businesses not moving at the speed of light as well. So there are never enough hours in the day for anybody. I don't think to get everything done that they should. So I can sort of pontificate and write a whole. You know, I've just put up my my what to do for Christmas list, and on the face of it, it just makes common sense. Check your website. Check your out of office. Check all the links on your Facebook and social and Insta that all your social pages are linking to your website and things. Because these are all things that I see, you know, when we're doing good florist guide um, applications. Broken links or still got things like Mother's Day, Valentine's <coughs> Day on their websites. The About Us is out of date. You know, all these things happen. Logic says that should just be automatic, but it isn't because... They've probably been busy doing all sorts of other things. There's there's always something to, and, you know, in theory, yes, you know, this is quiet times and you should be doing all of this. But, you know, thing is, when you're quiet, you tend to just go, Bleh. Yeah, or get somebody to do it. 
well, yes, but then that's an expense, John. So, you know, not everybody has that luxury of, or, you know, there is this sort of belief, well, why should I pay somebody when actually it is something I can do? It's just I never get round to doing it. And, and you know, but that's, and certainly at the moment with the economy as it is, more, I think it's more about being afraid to spend money rather than not having it. It's, you know, I yeah. don't want to spend anything I don't have to just in case. And it's true. I mean, the experts say that you're supposed to have six months worth of um, operating costs stashed away. And I suspect very few of us have six months worth of operating costs. A friend of mine asked me the question, was on the exhibition as well, and, and asked me the question, why is everybody on the hunt to save money and nobody is looking for a way to make more money a good point because um, it seemed like that for a lot of growers i was talking to they were trying to cut costs uh but not looking for a way to make more money out of their product i think i think the thing is that it is often not easier but when you've been incredibly busy often you forget to double check what you're spending money on. So you yeah. renew things just because you're too busy to do any research to check, is it the right price? Um, you forget to cancel direct debits or things like that. You don't renegotiate electricity, gas, etc. You just let it roll over because, again, it's quicker. Um, so I think that's why people are and should be encouraged to look at their their costs and see what they can save, yeah. because you can make not insubstantial savings by by doing that. Um, and again, it's it, it's like the lease on shops and things. You know, if, if it's coming up for renewal, don't panic. Talk to your landlord because chances are they would far rather have you there than 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 lose you yeah. and lose all the rent because you know they're not going to find new tenants that easily these days not not with a good covenant yeah but but to to be honest if you had your busy period and you're making money with all those costs as well <clears throat> obviously it's always good i mean once a year go through everything and say do i still need it i'm a flower i've got a flower shop i'm working so much i don't have time to watch netflix so kick netflix out i mean for example or Disney Channel, or whatever you're watching, uh, or not watching, actually. Uh, but also, you need to find ways to make more money. Uh, one of the floors I work with said, I'm always, uh, every year I lose 10% of my customers, so I need to find at least 10% new customers. It may be people are moving to another city, or, uh, I mean, too old and they die. Uh, I always lose 10% of my customers, mm -hmm. so I need to find new ones. But if you try only to cut costs, because you're losing 10% of customers. I mean, in the end, you can't cut all your costs. No, and I, no, I absolutely agree that, you know, people have got to market like they've never marketed before these days yeah. and, and really get out there because it is survival of the fishes and, to be blunt, the most aggressive. It's, yeah. it's not even, and this is a dreadful thing to say, it's not even about being the best. Um because as we know, there are players out there selling flowers who are not the best, but by dint of aggressive marketing and, and selling, have achieved market share that perhaps is unfair. But, you know, you it's can't... Also about the expectation of the customer. I mean, if they are aggressive and not the best, but they, they, they uh, sell what they promise, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I think mm, that's in a whole... That's a whole other discussion and we are supposed to be time. talking about the yeah next time we are <laughs> supposed to be talking about the shows what yeah. was your favorite stand i think it was uh that flower feeling at the iftf oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because yeah. of the story as well so uh together with his colleague yoast flew in from the us to promote their organization that flower feeling to promote flowers and he wanted to have hostesses in his tent so he was flying from America to Amsterdam, and he met a nice uh, stewardess. And he said to her, you're so enthusiastic and, and you're good looking and I need you in my stand. And I need some of your colleagues as well. Can you arrange it? Is that who the girls were? Yeah. So oh, wow. 
stewardesses. But the funny thing was that they, I mean, they can talk to anybody. I mean, if you're in a plane, I'm so they know the languages, they're polite. And the special edition was they had never seen so many flowers around them. So they were like a, a small child in a candy store, jumping up and down and very enthusiastic. There was not a person who could pass their booth without taking a picture. And, and in a really polite and nice way, talking and explaining what was going on, they didn't know anything about flowers. I mean, they probably couldn't if I said, there's a lily in there and they will, uh, in the whole arrangement. And they will ask me, where's the lily? I mean, <laughs> but the whole way how they did it, I mean, it was fantastic. No, the girl, the girl, I had, I thought, I thought they were people from the flower island. They were enchanting. Yeah. They were, they were fab. And, and made sure everyone got their smiley pictures and things. How cool. Yeah. I mean, the cow, I think Cowflower's funding that. And, and interestingly, um, shot by the, the, the campaign, because we're actually going to connect Steve. Steve? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. um, and we're going to try and connect to, under the GFG, the Florist Guide banners, to see if we can work together. But it, the film, which I think is fabulous, um, was shot by the same people who did the Flower Council. Yeah. You can see it in, in, in the style. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I prefer, no offence, Flower Council, um, but I, I actually like the uh, flower-feeling one. Yeah. I thought I didn't like the flower council one, but I like this one as well. I think this is I think it's very jolly. Very I jolly. think it's it's the flower council one 2.0. So so yeah. they they knew what they did right, they knew what could yeah. be improved, and they just did it with the, that flower feeling and that the whole campaign was everywhere on podcast, radio, uh, I mean everybody and they reached the right audience as well. So yeah. that was really cool to see. And then uh Kelflower started it, sponsored it. They're now looking for uh, companies who can help uh, sponsoring the whole campaign. So uh, hopefully they get enough money. I mean, it's very difficult to get a general promotion uh, running. Uh, like we all know uh, what's happening. Oh, we all know, but a lot of people know what's happening with uh, the Dutch Flower Council. Uh, I know. I think that's so sad. But it's. I I hope I hope that they. Um, I hope people see sense. I think yeah. it's it's hugely important to have some sort of generic flower promotion activity. Um, and I mean, certainly we, we, we have nothing in the United Kingdom. I mean, other than what Flower Council do. Um, and we are greatly appreciative of it. But we have to promote. I mean, I suppose in, in the UK, we're lucky because the supermarkets are much more developed and therefore they have put flowers in front of the people in a way that hasn't happened in any other country. But, you know, we need to keep telling customers, consumers, just how wonderful flowers are. Yeah. And then they will keep buying them. And and from every channel, you know, do, do I think, you know, I, 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 yes, we're in this economic crisis at the moment but i don't think the flower industry is at risk of decimation i think you know we will not see the heady heights of the last couple of years but people will always want flowers always. yeah oh, that's for and, sure. you know and i and i but a lot that that is you know in some ways we have to keep marketing and that's why i hope flower council doesn't get pushed out yeah. and that they do find a way of making it work um and and realise because I think if they were to lose Flower Council, it would take a long time to get back. You know, to sure. restart it, it, yeah. it would you know not not be a good thing, not yeah. be a good thing. So what about the trade fair? You've been there as well. What was one of the booths that stand out for you over there? Oh, over at Halsby. Yeah. Um I love decorum because I always think that they do they do beautiful displays. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I found Owlsmere slightly dark this year, and I missed, I miss seeing all the little cacti Father Christmases. <laughs> there were, I didn't see one, not one little Father Christmas with googly eyes, cactus. <laughs> I was very, very sad. I mean, there were quite a lot of, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's not attached to a cactus with a Father Christmas hat on. No, sure. I, don't, I don't have it here. <laughs> no, it just doesn't count. Anyway, so apart from... Um, I think what which stand did I like? So decorum, um, the gerbras with, uh, as I say, lots of test tubes. I did, I yeah. did, and that's where I saw all my ranunculus, the weird and wonderful ranunculus. So that was the Charles Mere. And 
Some of it's also slightly blurred as to what you saw and what you didn't and where you saw it. Yeah. Because um, if you're going to do it, you've got to do both because they are very different shows. I mean, there were some amazing plants. You know, I wanted to take them all home. But <laughs> it's it's um, sadly there wasn't room in my suitcase. No, mine either. I mean, it was a great show, Alsmere, I think. Uh it was or it wasn't? It was, it was. It was uh, way smaller, than, uh, especially the plant department. It was smaller, wasn't it? That's not yeah. my imagination. It did seem much smaller. Yeah, especially the plant. And and, and the way the, the whole uh, layout was, it was a bit messy. I'm, yeah. I got flashbacks to IPM. I always get lost at the IPM. I've given up on IPM. For some reason. But now I had the same thing at, at, at Alsmeer that I thought, have I been here? Or just like looking for one booth and making three, four rounds in... Sure, it was somewhere there, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> Even start asking people, do you know where the booth is? <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad it was. It. Yes, because I did a lot of walking round and round, which is why I'm disappointed you say that I can't claim to have lots and lots and thousands of steps. I was rather hoping that, you know, I could have told my husband, you know, I did an entire month's worth of walking in one in, in one week. Um, no, I it, it was smaller, but there were some beautiful things. There were some beautiful things. I just found it slightly dark. But also growers, yeah. But it's it's the auction, so I mean, there's no windows, there's nothing. Yeah, but uh, even the lights didn't seem very bright. But maybe that was conserving energy or something. I don't know. But that's, I think that's the growers who are now like, okay, if I put on a light, it's going to cost me a lot of money. So in the stand, they were just in their their minds like, okay, switch off all the lights because this is going to cost me a lot of money. <laughs> I did like I did like the Porter Nova. They had the, um, the hollow box. Yeah, that box. With what's his name? The chap from Portanova that does all the voiceovers and things. You'll know. I um, always call him the cowboy because he did. The, he was the cowboy in one of the videos. Oh, that's right. The wild, the wild west thing. Um, yes. Anyway, so he had. The, I thought that hologram, hologram, gram box was just so cool, and how he pounced out and and yeah. does it. I think he's wicked. I mean, you know, the flowers are fab, and putting in all the LED lights. I mean, must have cost a fortune but means that they're going to be growing all the way through, which is really good news, especially for, for the sort of bespoke florist sector, which is their prime target market. And, um, you know, look, Lizzie Anthus and their gorgeous new terracotta um, yeah. variety. I thought that was gorgeous. And, I mean, terracotta, chocolate, browns, they are just absolutely you see them popping up, popping up everywhere, in, in the roses, in, in, the, in the Lizzie yeah. Anthus as well, uh, chrysanthemums. We shared a picture of some roses of a, a shot I took well, two years ago, I think it was. And it was just, and I didn't actually see anybody do it this year, which was a shame. Um, anyway, so I put, I put this picture up on our Facebook page. And I think it's been seen something like 22,000. It's 22,000 people have been seen, you know, and just more likes for that than any flower picture I've ever put up. Oh, apart from me cutting a poinsettia. Yeah, but yeah. How's that gonna? How are you gonna do that one uh, this year? <laughs> what with my non-existent poinsettia? <laughs> I'm going to come in. Well, they're not banned. They're not banned. They just have to go through huge checks, and I think a lot of Dutch suppliers won't want to be bothered. And so that yeah. we we know a number of UK wholesalers who won't be selling poinsettias from overseas, and. Uh, where they can, they'll try and get British ones, which I'm going to be terribly honest and say, yay! <laughs> <laughs> because British poinsettias are fabulous. Um, am I allowed to say that? Yes. Well, I've said it. Yeah. Um, and almost as good as, as the Dutch. Let's. <laughs> I'm actually going am to, I claim... to say that. <laughs> uh, well, you can say it, but I won't agree with it. Um, okay. So. Yes, so so that it's not been banned. I mean, that was rather irresponsible reporting by by people who did say that they were going to be banned. It's more that they are going to be hugely, hugely double checked because the whole plant passport thing, which was brought in way before Brexit was ever yeah. decided. You know, it's nothing to do with Brexit. It was because of the risk of infection, um, of plant plant infection, and you know, this is. This is actually quite important, you know, when you look and think about how we're being impacted by avian flu at the moment. And, you know, so we must be careful of any livestock that we bring in. So the same applies to plants. Um, but it is a night. It is, you know, it is a bit of a pain. Um, so anybody 
looking for poinsettia really start looking very early but if you want to watch me cut a poinsettia up the video is still there and there are but there are beautiful i mean i saw some beautiful poinsettia in in you know the supermarkets um yeah i mean it, it, it's a pity that uh, i mean obviously uh safe safety and health and that, that's important but uh i mean that there's some growers who yeah, they take the risk of, of planting them and now uh i know and defra and aph a of being and i you know i to any overseas grower i'm really sorry because i i am i think it's you know to to put your faith i mean this is why i was saying earlier i am always gobsmacked by growers that you put your faith in in a you put something in the ground and if you've grown it from seed which you know a lot of growers are that they'll they'll seed they'll propagate they'll plant they'll nurture and then they hope that you know they can ship to put your faith in that is, if you think about it, completely barking mad. Yeah. And, <laughs> You've got to be crazy to, to, to be in this industry, actually. And, and then adding the, the part that you bring it at the end, you bring it to an auction and you don't know what the price is going to be. I know. I know. I mean, that is even more barking mad. I mean, actually, thinking about it, for those, we, we basically survive on something that is dying the minute we, die. yeah. we, we we put all our faith in this you know to nurture to and then hope somebody is going to want to buy it at the end yeah i think i, I but it is I, I think it's amazing i think it's amazing i mean it's it's an amazing industry and that's why we're talking about it yeah and hopefully we're going to talk more about it but uh, it depends of course on, on everybody who's listening or watching <laughs> Please tell us. Uh, Are you going to actually put this whole thing up? Now? I'm going to put the whole thing up. I'm lazy. I'm no. not going to cut anything. I mean, <laughs> dear viewer, I apologize. <laughs> dear listener, I apologize. <laughs> no, let us know if you came this far listening to all of this. Let us know. Did you like it? Does it need to be shorter, longer, uh, different subject, or another subject? Or do you have an idea for a subject? Do you think that's Two lovely people. I want to help them out. I want to help them get through the winter. I will sponsor their show. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> He's the salesman of us, too. I just rabbit. I just rabbit on. I think probably. Everyone's should... in a cold office. Show your hands. What are you wearing? I'm no, I'm oh. <laughs> that doesn't help with my sales pitch here. <laughs> Wait, we'll do this one again. <laughs> okay. This is what I'm reduced to. When it gets really cold. Yeah. <laughs> Today the sun was shining in England, so uh, <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was a good day. It was a good day. Yeah. Um, right. Well, on that <laughs> note, an absolute delight to talk to you, um, and um, it will be fascinating to see what people say about us. Yeah, well, I'm quite curious as well. So uh, we will find <laughs> out if the, if this was our last conversation or not. <laughs> hey ho! Have a lovely, lovely day, night, afternoon, morning, wherever you are watching this. Yeah, thank you so much. And it was the, the first London calling. And now it's London. Goodbye. <laughs>